Wonderful. I think that's on. Yep. Also, we have now got um, the hearing loop system. It's not in place, but we have got it. So over the next few weeks, we'll be trialing that, that out for those who um, uh, need, need that, need help hearing. I think everybody needs help hearing in some ways. Anyway, I'm going to pray and then we'll get straight into the word. Father, I thank you that we can gather together and we uh, freely. And this morning, Lord, I pray that as we look at your word, that you would speak to each one of us. We open our hearts to you. Uh, and Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come and speak through me, that, um, yeah, that there would be a, a change in something of our understanding, but also of our experience of you and the things of the kingdom. And so, Lord, this morning we come before you and we ask that you would speak in Jesus' name. Amen. So over the last while, we've been looking at the passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, at the spiritual gifts uh, that Paul mentions there, the, um, um, uh, the ninefold manifestation of the Spirit. And uh, we've looked at each of those, and today we're on the last two. But it doesn't mean it's the end. We've got, after the baptism service next week, we've got a little bit more to do. But uh, we're on the last two this morning. And so I'm going to read from um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 to 11, and then we'll look at that. Paul, writing to the church in Corinth, says this, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, therefore I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the, ones, but the same Spirit, and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord, and there are varieties of activities, but the same God, who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. All of these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. So this morning we're going to be looking at the, to another various kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. Uh, and just as we've read and just as I've constantly said, they're all from the one and same Holy Spirit. And it is all for the common good. So that the body of Christ will be built up, strengthened, and uh, uh, encouraged in Him. And it's the Holy Spirit gives according to how He determines, to whom He determines, and the measure with which He determines. We can't earn them. We can't make them happen. It's him who gives them to us. And so the, this morning, as we look at the issue of tongues and interpretation of tongues, I am aware that this can be, and I don't know where everybody stands on this, uh, this can be quite a contentious thing. Uh, and it has been sometimes through the years. But normally because it's beyond our mental understanding, but also often it's because of people's uh, over-enthusiasm or overbearing attitudes around not tongues, but how they are operated and what um, and how they to be outworked in the in the body. And um, a key thing to remember: out of all the nine that we've looked at, 
these two are unique in that they never occurred before the day of Pentecost. Every other one we've looked at, and we've looked at prophecy, and we've looked at miracles and signs and wonders and all of those things, and we can look to the Old Testament to see examples of that. These two final ones in the nine, first we encounter them at the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit comes and they speak in other tongues. But it's speaking as the Holy Spirit gives utterance. And so in that way, it's an, people would call it a, a new phenomenon or a new outworking of the Holy Spirit. But what we do see, in, and certainly in Paul's writing to the Corinthians, is that it was common in the New Testament church and should be common in the, in, uh, we are all still the New Testament church, uh, in, in a way that is naturally part of the life of spiritual believers. Um, and what we actually see, part of why Paul writes uh, to Corinth, and we see in, in chapters, mostly in chapter 14, but 12, 13, and 14, we see that actually the issue wasn't that they didn't speak in tongues, but that so many of them spoke in tongues, and the operation of that and how it was outworked was problematic. And so we're going to look at some of those things today. But it's the community of the believers, what we see, evidence here, is the community of the believers moving in the power and the presence of God in a way that is beyond what has been before, in a way that, uh, that actually should be normal for us. If you think of, if you read the New Testament and you see how the, the, the Holy Spirit moved and what, how people operated in the things of the Spirit and, and these incredible things that happened, we, we should be hungry to see that and more in our day. And that wasn't just then and stays there, but actually that should be normal in the life of the church today. That there are signs, wonders, uh, uh, miracles, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues, all the things we've looked at, as well as all the other things you read in Scripture, that should be evident in the church. And the thing that differentiates the church from everything else, and, and, and should differentiate us from being just a religious club, is the power and life of the Holy Spirit in us. Because you can follow rules, you can read scripture, you can know everything that it says, and, but if you haven't got the Spirit of God living in you, having transformed you, and therefore being saved, and the church actually making it, that's what makes us different from the world. Isn't that we morally good or have a different set of rules or live in a different way? It's that we have the life of God through the Spirit dwelling in us and working through us that makes the church what the church is. And so I, I, sometimes I despair because I think actually what I read in Scripture, there's such a huge amount of what God has done or does through the church, and we see so little in practice today. Surely that should stir us, saying, God, if you did it then... Your desire is that we'd see it even more now as the day approaches of your return. But speaking in various kinds of tongues is one of those things. And it's sometimes difficult for people to comprehend because it is 
so outside of our mental understanding because it is a spiritual dynamic. It is something that is profoundly spiritual. And when we look at Scripture, we see countless examples of people speaking in tongues. And it's often connected with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So like in Acts chapter 2, verse 4, Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 19, we see time and time again examples of where the Holy Spirit came and they spoke in tongues, in different kinds of tongues. And in 1 Corinthians 14, 5, Paul actually writes to them and says, I want all to speak in tongues in the church, the whole church. And in, in, uh, later on, verse 23, speaks about when the whole church gathers together, Everyone has a different contribution, and one of those is speaking in tongues. Paul himself says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse, um, uh, verse 18, that he speaks in tongues more than any of them. And in 14, verse 39, he says, Earnestly desire to prophesy, and do not forbid the speaking of tongues. And that's an important one, because I, there are some churches that forbid people to speak in tongues for whatever reason but my concern is that if they do that it's in direct contradiction to the instruction of scripture and therefore that worries me even if we don't understand the full things of some of the outworkings Paul's very clear don't forbid people speaking in tongues don't forbid it because there's something of that for all of our benefit as with all things of the Spirit, how much of this should just be normal in the life of the church? So, so much more than we've seen. But it, uh, and it clearly didn't end in the New Testament times, speaking in tongues. But right here at the beginning, I, I feel the need to, to draw a distinction between two different areas. One is what one would call, or one could call, devotional tongues in the context of devotional life. And wasn't, one is in the context of ministry. Let me just explain what I mean. You see, when we read Scripture, we understand that the, the gift of tongues, to speak in a spiritual heavenly language, is available for every believer. Everyone who is a child of God can speak in tongues if it is given. And... Um, and that we see in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2 to 4, but also in Jude, I think it's verse 20, that the purpose of, of that is so that we would edify ourselves. It says that the man who speaks in tongues edifies his, himself. And uh, we also see that it, is, it helps us in our praying, in our prayer and supplication, of praying to God. When we don't know what to pray, we pray in, in the Spirit, and the Spirit prays through us, and, and so we pray, and it adds a dimension to that. It adds a dimension to our worship, to sing, uh, to, to praising Him. When we see it, we'll see a little bit later on in Acts chapter 2, what they heard was the, the, the 120 speaking the, the wonders of God. And so if you, if you like, the, the devotional side of speaking in tongues is, is the normal accompaniment to a spirit-filled life of a believer. That everybody can speak in tongues. It originates with the Holy Spirit. We, he doesn't take over and suddenly we lose control. That's not what it is at all. It originates from Him, but it is us speaking, uh, speaking words that He gives us, and it's speaking a spiritual language. And that continues as we pray, as we praise Him, as we worship Him, and all those things. 
what we see here in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 10 is a particular gift of tongues in the context of ministry. Because it says, to another is given. Whereas before it speaks that everybody can speak in tongues. I wish that all would speak in tongues. But then to another is given. So it is at a moment in the corporate gathering where a a gift of tongues is given. And this is where it's connected with interpretation of tongues. You see, when we speak in tongues or pray in tongues privately and worship God and and, 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 and pray in that way or uh, that edifies us, there's no need for translation or, or not translation, interpretation. Because it's us speaking with God. And it's, a, it's, a, it's like deep calling to deep. It's a spiritual thing that is, is profoundly spiritual that encourages it. And I can't explain how. Because I, I don't understand that. How, but what I do know is that it does have, I've experienced it. That actually when we speak in tongues, it does edify us and build us up. And when we're praying and we, and we run out of words to articulate in English what we're praying for, and we pray in, in, in tongues, that it, it takes to a different dimension. But that's, in, in that context, it's not necessary for interpretation of tongues. So what he's speaking about here in, in Corinthians 12 is a, a different. So then if one is devotional, this is more ministry because it's for the common good. And that's why he connects speaking in tongues. If one were given tongues and interpretation of tongues, they fit together because they need to fit together. And it's different from devotional tongues in practice only, not essence. The tongues are the same, but it's the practical thing. And that's why Paul, when he writes to the Corinthians, he's speaking to them, not, a, not that they should change speaking in tongues, but actually that it, it, it had become chaotic. That everybody was just calling out in, in, in a tongue different times and over each other, and, and it was not helpful and not chaotic. I mean, not, not helpful and was chaotic, and there needed to be order so that the body could be built up. And so it will be done in a way that brings peace and order in the things of the kingdom. Does that make sense? But it wasn't that they didn't have an experience of the gift. It was that they did. But the, it was the, the practicals of how it was outworked that was needing to be uh, uh, adjusted. But it was the context of the corporate gathering. So the starting point is the same for all tongues. That it comes from the Holy Spirit. It isn't man making it up. Isn't someone trying to work out some different words? It's not a language you can learn. Which, just on a side note, if you're praying for someone to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and they want to speak in tongues and you're praying for them, please don't say to them, and in the past, we've, I've stopped people doing this. In the past, please don't say to them, repeat after me, because that, that is not what it is. And if, and, and if you, someone's praying for you and they do that, just say to hang on, look, I, I love your passion, but please no. Because it's not a language you learn from someone else. It's something that is given by the Spirit. And so, we ha- and, and so that's, we, we have to be hungry and asking God will give it. But it's, So the origin is from God, not from man. It's not something that we make up. It's words and utterance are given by the Spirit through the voices of those that speak. That's us. And so there's this profound spiritual dynamic to it and a cooperation between us and the Holy Spirit to speak in a heavenly language, in tongues. And, and it doesn't have an ex- a natural explanation. There's no physical, natural explanation for this because it's of the Spirit. 
And even more so when Paul, we'll see in a minute, where, 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 where Scripture says that, act, where Paul speaks, and I think it's Paul that speaks about the fact that the things of the Spirit are, are the, the natural man or the man of the flesh cannot understand. But we who believers need to recognize that it's from Him. And even if we don't fully understand, have faith and trust and step out in that. But it can't be caught, it can't be, I mean, it can't be taught, it can't be copied, it can't be caught. It requires us cooperating with the Holy Spirit. Also, the other thing I think we just need to remember is that in order to speak in tongues, you have to be a believer. So, in order to speak in tongues, you have to be a believer. But that doesn't mean that you have to be a speaking tongues to be a believer. And there's a difference. Everybody who is a believer, I believe God uh, can speak in tongues if God gives it. But there's also the caution that sometimes and in some areas and some people, again, that we've experienced, have said, well, if you don't speak in tongues, then you're not a believer. That's not biblical. That's not biblical. So we mustn't put that pressure and say, well, prove that. I know in Scripture, and I know where they get it from, because actually when we see that when Peter and, uh, went and spoke with uh, Cornelius and, and they got saved, they, they, they spoke about the fact that the Holy Spirit, and it was the first time the Gentiles had heard the gospel, and the first time the Gentiles had responded, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they said they came on them as he did at Pentecost. And so for them, part of that, because you must remember, for their thinking, at that before then, that the gospel and the, uh, wasn't supposed to be for the Gentiles, in their thinking. In God's mind, it has always been for all men. But this moment where the first Gentiles got saved, part of their understanding that actually the salvation had come was the evidence of the Holy Spirit coming on them was almost proof for them that they were saved. And so that's where people have taken that a step further and say, well, if you speak in tongues, that's proof that you are saved. So in order to prove that you are saved, you have to speak in tongues. That is wrong. The truth is you have to be saved in order to speak in tongues. But there are many believers who do not speak in tongues that are are completely saved and filled with the Spirit. And so don't beat yourself up. And don't bring condemnation on someone who who doesn't speak in tongues. But what I would say on the other side of that is this, is that if it is a gift from God that edifies us, that enables us to experience, in him, experience Him in a different dimension spiritually, and everything from God is always good, then I don't know about you, but I want everything that God has for me. And so our desire should be, God, I want that gift. I want to be able to speak in tongues. But, and ask, because he says ask. But then don't stress, don't bring condemnation, don't beat yourself up. Ask, have faith, and just carry on doing what God's telling you to do. Walk in obedience and believe that the Holy Spirit will come and you'll speak in tongues if you're just speaking tongues. So equally desire it, but don't stress. Because if it's a gift from God, you can't earn it, you can't buy it, you can't make it happen, you submit to him and he comes. So hopefully that brings freedom because there's so much of what well-meaning believers have said that has actually just brought condemnation or, or block people saying, well, I don't want it then. 
But actually we need to be open to everything of the Spirit, including this. But it's from Him. You can't make it happen. You can't go and study it and, uh, and, and work it out. It comes from Him. What we also see is that, I don't know where I am on my lists, my notes, but about 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the ministry side of tongues, it says this, to another various kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. And there's a word missing that some might think, the word is ability. Nowhere does it say to some he's given the ability to speak in various tongues or some the ability to interpret like he's given the ability to interpret dreams or things like that because I think, and, and the original also hasn't got that, the, the, the word of ability because the ability implies that there's some kind of human capacity to grow and to develop it, which it's from him. And 1 Corinthians 12 speaks about the moment that the gift is given in the corporate gathering of the brethren, that it is given and interpretation is given. And, and it's not an ability that we have. It's a gift from God that comes from Him. But it needs interpretation. We read in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1 and 2. Paul says this, Pursue love. And earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. And then goes on, on the other hand, the one who speaks and prophecy. And then speaks about order and everything else. So when we're looking at this, we need to understand that tongues is us speaking to God. It's us, in some ways, that's the direction of the context or the content of, of, of tongues is man speaking to God. Not speaking to man, but speaking to God. That's what he says. It, the tongues is man speaking to God. And when we look at Acts chapter 2, when they spoke and in, in, in the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues, the thing that gathered the crowd was the noise of them speaking in tongues. And what was it that they heard? They heard them uttering the wonders and mysteries of God, the works of God. That's what they heard. And they asked, what does this mean? So it wasn't them speaking in tongues a message from God to man, saying, do this, do that. It was man speaking in tongues of the mysteries and the wonders of God and the works of God, glorifying Him, praising Him. And so when we look at the, the issue, the, 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 not the issue, the speaking in tongues, it's man speaking to God, praising Him, speaking His mysteries, offering prayers and requests and petitions to God that glorify Him, that exalt Him. And therefore, when it's brought in the context of community, so say like in the middle of our meeting, as different contributions come, if one was a, speaking, uh, was a word in tongues, there needs to be an interpretation of tongues so that we can be edified, so that the others who hear could say and stand in agreement and be strengthened and, 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 and agree with that and, and praise God. When we see that, Paul says in, in, in 22 of chapter 14, that tongues, when brought in the context of ministry in the congregation, is a sign for unbelievers. 
how is it a sign for unbelievers? Because if you read those through, and if you read them quickly through the chapter, it can be a little bit confusing. It's a sign for this and a sign for that. It's a, a tons of a gift for believers, but it's, he says it's a sign for unbelievers. And I think it, it, in this way, and it, it leads to two responses, the option of two responses. It's a sign for unbelievers that something supernatural, a higher power is at work, that something is going on. We see that in Acts 2, when the Holy Spirit came in the spoken tongue. It drew people, and they had two responses. You see, it's not a sign for believers because we understand that actually in faith we can spiritually discern it's from Him. So it's not a sign for us that God is moving because we see, we can recognize that and discern that it's from Him. So it, we don't need that as a sign. It's, what, it's a gift for, for us and overcome us. But when we see in Acts chapter 2 that it, it was a sign for those around them and it creates these two responses. One was that they said they ridiculed. And they and it closed their heart. They said something's going on. We don't understand. They just drunk. They making no sense. It's that's ridiculous. So it's a sign that something was going on, something of God, something of a higher power, something that that uh, to the unbelievers. And some responded and closed their heart to Him. Others responded and saying, "What does it mean?" They heard the mysteries of God. The wonderful works about God being just exclaimed. And they said, what does it mean? And what should we... And then Peter stands up and preaches the gospel. So the one group heard it and closed their hearts. The other group heard it and it made them open and ready for the gospel. It wasn't the, 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 the tongues that brought them to salvation. It was the preaching of the gospel and their hearts were opened because the speaking of tongues had something in the spirit had happened that had opened their heart ready to receive. It was a sign to the unbelievers that God was moving, something supernatural was happening, and their, some hearts were open and ready, and the gospel was preached. And 3,000 were added. The phenomenon of tongues didn't save them, opened the heart. Nesperate to receive. It's the truth of the gospel. And the gospel preached. They responded to the gospel. So in that way, it's a sign for unbelievers that, that leads to one of two responses. Either ridicule and closing of the heart or open and ready to receive. But it's necessary that there is an interpretation. And what they, again, there's so much... Uh, the time is. Uh, there's so much about the operation of, and the working of the Holy Spirit through all the different manifestations of the Spirit, including this, that we have yet to understand or yet to see. And we can't limit what God is doing. That's why I think Paul says, don't forbid people to speak in tongues. But there needs to be an interpretation. And, and here in, in Acts chapter 2, it says that they heard them telling in their own language the mighty words, works of God. Now, whether you believe that the language they spoke was the language of all those people, that's fine. Or if you believe that they didn't speak the language, but they spoke in tongues and the people heard their language, that's also fine. We must be careful that we don't limit it to one way. Because God works. Because what it says, it doesn't say that they heard them speaking the, their language. 
it says that they heard them in their language. And I, I have experienced both. I think I've shared this sometimes before. So two, when was Munich? Two, three years ago? Two years ago, we had an equip like we've just had in, in, it was three years ago. We've just had, because then there was Paris and then there was three, whatever it was. We were gathering together in Munich and someone, during worship, someone bought a word in tongues. And there were at that meeting people who didn't speak English, because it was in Germany, of course, but they were all over Europe. And there were some people from Portugal who didn't speak English, didn't speak German. Didn't, and I can't remember even what language. I think it was bought in English. Oh, well, no. The interpretation of the tongues was bought. And then a Portuguese lady who speaks English and Portuguese came up and said, what that person has just said is this. It's Portuguese. And told us what it was. So there in that respect, the person who was speaking was not Portuguese. The person who bought the tongue was not Portuguese. I can't, I can't remember if they're German or English speaking. I can't remember. But I know they weren't Portuguese. And the tongue that they bought, they bought thinking that this is what the Holy Spirit's given me. I'm just going to be obedient. But it was actually Portuguese that they can't speak. And so it encouraged those who understood because it was their language. That is phenomenal. And that's a move of the Spirit. Then there are also times I've spoken before of the encounters that I have with a family in Ukraine. I've used this example before where I, can speak, I can't speak Russian. Uh, and Tatiana, the lady, can't speak English. And Andy can testify because he's been there. He saw it happen. She speaks in Russian, but I hear in English. I can hear her speak in Russian, but I understand in English. Because I've had a conversation with her. Where I've spoken English, I can't speak Russian. And she can understand fully what I'm saying, but she can't understand English. That is similar to this. Where they, okay, I wasn't speaking in tongues, but I was just speaking English. But the interpreter, that's a move of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because my first ever trip there, I stayed with her and her husband, and they couldn't speak English, I couldn't speak Russian. I said, God, help because I need to be able to communicate with this family. And out of everybody, that's the only people that it's happened with for me. I speak in English, they speak in Russian, we understand. And it's not like it's just we've had conversations about medical conditions and all sorts of things that I don't know anyway. But that's the work of the Holy Spirit, because so that we encourage, so that we can pray, so that the body is built up. And those around who have seen have been amazed. And there are people that I know that are friends who've ministered in South America and different countries where they've spoken and the interpreter's understood, but the interpreter doesn't actually speak English. God supernaturally just enables them while they're ministering and then finish the ministry, they don't understand each other. But during ministry time and he's preaching, the guy understands completely, which is incredible. So we can't say, well, it's this or it's that. It's a thing of the Spirit. And so whether you think that they... The languages that they were speaking were not known to them, but were actual languages that those who were hearing there heard them speaking those words. That's fine. Whether you think they were speaking a spiritual language and those people heard in their language, that's also fine. What I think we need to do is recognize it's the Holy Spirit that's at work. And not limit him to this is my understanding, so that's not. Because all of those options are supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. 
that has to do with edification, building up, interpreting. But then let me speak about this when we are, because this is what Paul speaks about here as well, is when a tongue is bought corporately, so say in a, in a gathering like this, and it's a spiritual language that is bought, that there needs to be an interpretation that, that everybody can understand. And he says that. He says that there needs to be an interpretation. Let me find where I am now because I'm completely lost. But and he says in, in 1 Corinthians 14, 13, let the one who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. So if someone senses that God's given them a tongue, a contribution in a tongue, pray that God would give you the interpretation so that you can bring the tongue and bring the interpretation. If you haven't got the interpretation, but you really feel God do that, then that's fine because God might give someone else the interpretation. And so you might be here and someone brings a tongue, but God hasn't given them interpretation, but gives someone else the interpretation. Then that's how the two work together when it's brought corporately. And at Scripture, he goes on to say about how it's done orderly, that not all at the same time, but one after the other, one or two, three at the most, to bring a contribution, and then one is to bring, in, then they to bring the interpretation, one after the other. So it's very ordered. It's not controlled. It's ordered. Why? Because the purpose of these manifestation gifts is that the body can be encouraged. And it's the common good. So if everybody was just shouting out where they are, no one would hear or understand or know what's going on. How is that for the common good and strengthening of the body? So what we see here is not a controlling, but an order so that there can be freedom and strengthening and encouraging. And like every one of the manifestation gifts, it is subject to the person who God is giving. So it's coming forward that's why, like any contribution, come in this context, come to whoever's leading the meeting. Why? So that it can be given in the microphone so that everybody can hear, and then we can wait for an interpretation. And it says, what, ha- and, and, and it says what, ha- what happens if, they, if no one interprets, verse 28 of chapter 14, no one interprets, he should keep silent in church and speak to himself and God. So if you bring a word and no one interprets, there's no interpretation, then just pray. Quietly just ask God. And can I, uh, God, what, did I miss it? What was going on? God, what did you want me to do? And he might be saying, no, you didn't miss it at all. It might be the fact that someone else who had an interpretation was disobedient and didn't bring the interpretation. So you don't beat yourself up, but humbly go before God and say, God, show me. Equally, anybody else mustn't point the finger and say, they shouldn't have done that. God knows. So we have grace. Because as soon as you start pointing the finger, it squashes the move of the Spirit. And we become critical. And then the Holy Spirit departs. So we need to have grace for one another. I would rather people step out in all of these things. And we sometimes get it wrong. than we not see the Holy Spirit move. I'd much rather 
have that, that, that the Holy Spirit moves. And we think, actually, you know what? There was no interpretation, but God, we're just going to carry on worshiping you. So here's the other question. I threw this out at my home group the other, the other week, way before we even got onto the subject. was, If Scripture is very clear that tongues is a message from man to God, and someone brings the interpretation, and the interpretation is God to man, is that really the interpretation? My understanding would be from Scripture, probably not. But, number of things, because everything is, we don't understand everything completely. But if Scripture is clear that tongues is man speaking to God, the direction is that way, and then the interpretation is the reversal of that, is it interpretation? I think probably not. But, often what we see is if someone steps out in obedience, it stirs and ignites a gifting in someone else. And so someone else, might, they might have a word of encouragement or a prophetic word that it's not wrong that they bring it. It's equally encouraging for the church. It's equally building up. But it might not be the interpretation. And so the spirit operating here might stir a gift in someone else. And in their enthusiasm and their, and their, uh, and their obedience, step out and, and they give what they think is the interpretation. But actually it's just a word of encouragement or, or a prophetic picture or something else. So don't panic because both are from God. But also what we see in Scripture, when we see, if you read through the, the Psalms, you see where David, if you're just thinking of how a, a lot of the Psalms, they're, they're, the direction is towards God. It's praise and exalting before God and, and lifting Him up and speaking of His wonders and everything else. But often in the mix of that, there's also either an encouragement or an instruction to man in the response. So actually there can be a declaring of those things. And Paul says, if you're speaking in tongues and there's no interpretation, how can the others who are hearing agree and say amen? That's because there's an agreement of the worship and the praise. And declare. And he says it's declaring the mysteries of God. And we know that the Holy Spirit's the one who reveals the mysteries of God. We read in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9 and 10. It's through the Spirit that God reveals his plans and purposes and his mysteries. So, so don't get too hung up. On was it an interpretation? Was it an interpretation? I think because of the direction, I think there can be elements. But I would think that it would, if tongues is mostly that way, then the majority of that word, the interpretation, should also be in that way. But here's the other thing. Because it is a spiritual language and not man's language, someone might speak what appears to be a few words in tongues, and an interpretation might be a lot lengthy word of tongues uh, in English in this context and so we mustn't say well he spoke for two seconds they spoke for five how can it be it's because it's a message from God and it's, uh, it's, it's a spiritual language we've ministered in I mean we've ministered all over the place but we ministered in Italy and, and, and they, you have to preach a concept and they translate the concept because the number of words are different, how we say things is different, and the order we say things is all different. So when I first preached there, I had to get my head around the fact that I could say a very short sentence, and then the interpreter was going on for what seemed like ages. I was like, did they get it right? It's like, yeah, they did. A few minutes, yes, but it seems like, when you're standing there, it seems like ages. Like, have you now, have you added to what I've said? And it isn't, but it's because that language is spoken in a different way. 
And so it's the same. If God gives a word from a spiritual language and interpretation, you don't think that, well, this had five syllables, this one has five syllables. You don't think like that. You see how we can so often limit what God wants to do because of our understanding or our viewpoint. When it's things of the Spirit are concerned, we have to have faith in Him and trust Him and be open for the Spirit to move. And so where there's a, a word of, in tongues is, or contribution is brought in the public setting, there needs to be interpretation so that we can be encouraged and move forward. If there's no interpretation, the one bringing it should just pray and say, God, why? Speak to me. If someone bring, and, uh, but if someone has that, they should also, if you feel that God's, that the, God's got a word for you to bring in tongues, then pray and say, God, can, give me the interpretation too. But let's not be too picky. And say, well, only this way, not that way. Only this way, not that way. When it's a part of our own lives, our our devotional speaking in tongues, we don't need interpretation. It's part of edifying us and speaking with God and communicating with Him. And when it's in the context of the church, then that's it needs to be brought in a way that is ordered, that people can be encouraged and agreed with interpretation and uh, agreement in that. Make sense? So does that mean that that's the only time? Tongues can be heard in a corporate gathering. No. Because actually, when we come together and we worship God with singing or with prayer or any way that we do, each, each one of those of us who, sp- have, uh, who speak in tongues, actually sometimes in a corporate prayer meeting, we run out of things to pray and so we pray in tongues. Does that need interpretation? No, because it's part of my, div- I'm not praying to you, I'm praying to him. I'm not singing to you. I'm, I'm worshiping and singing to him. So as part of our worship, if during worship, we sometimes, I know because I hear, sometimes people sing their own words, not just because they've forgotten the words, which does also happen, but because there's something of a response in the corporate worship that there's something in them that's speak, sing, singing their own song to God in the same way you can sing in tongues to God. Where you are in your seat, that doesn't need interpretation because it's not a contribution for the body. It's part of your worship to God. So do that. Prayer meetings, do that. Whatever it is. So, uh, so it's not, that's the only time it can be heard. That's why I think Paul says, don't forbid people to speak in tongues. But if it's going to be a, a ministry to the body and it's a word, then that needs to be done in a way that everybody can hear, there's interpretation, and there can be edification through that. But otherwise, as we gather, so if, if you don't speak in tongues and you find it a little bit strange, but the person sitting next to you or standing next to you in worship has got a loud voice and they've suddenly switched from singing in English to singing in tongues, don't let it stress you. Don't feel condemnation. Don't feel freaked out. Just understand that actually God's working with each one of us. And it's God raising through them that is they declaring in that way. So hopefully that brings freedom in our understanding, but also in practice. But it should also stir our hearts, say, well, I've never seen it like that, and I've never experienced it like that in a meeting. Then be hungry. Say, God, I want to. Let's not close ourselves to those things. This, that's what I'm saying. There's so much. I mean, I could preach this for ages and ages. I'm going to stop now. But there's so much of the, uh, the Spirit moving that Some have only seen or tasted a tiny bit, and others have tasted more, but none of us have tasted the fullness. 
And so I believe that God is wanting to um, pour His Spirit out on us. Or another way of putting it, because we see that that's a terminology that's used in Scripture, but then there's also passages of Scripture that speak about Him him drawing us to go deeper, like in the river in Ezekiel, going deeper in Him. Uh, And worse that we would live in the fullness of what it means to be a spiritual believer and experience Him in a more dynamic, powerful way and that the world would be transformed, preaching the gospel. So everything changes. But it starts with us saying, God, we're hungry for more of you. God, come and move. God, if you don't move through me, move through someone. But move. Holy Spirit, we open ourselves to you. Come and have your way. Lead us. Guide us. Show us. Pour your spirit out, God. Draw us deeper in. Overflow. Saturate. Whatever the terminology you want to use, I believe God wants to do that. Why? Because there needs to be a move of the Spirit that so ignites and transforms us that we have become incredibly fruitful in the things of the kingdom, but that God is glorified, that people are saved. So my challenge for each one of us is, how hungry are you? Cry out to God. Don't quench. Don't hold back. Don't limit what God can do. But step out in faith. So I'm going to pray and we're going to end. But equally this morning, if you want someone to pray for you for a fresh and filling of the Holy Spirit, or maybe you've never encountered the Holy Spirit like that before, please just come to the front. One of the, someone will come and pray with you. One of the leaders or someone will come pray with you. Even, and if you think, oh, actually, I've never spoken in tongues, but I'd love someone to pray with me, then just have someone come pray with you. They're not, because they've heard, they're not going to force you. They're not going to make you copy them. They're not gonna, it's just praying that the Holy Spirit would come. And if it doesn't happen today, don't stress. We had a friend who, got, who was so stressed, and, 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 and so we just said, just relax, we'll pray. And we prayed, and God didn't move in that way. But the next week, she told us a couple of days later, she was lying in the bath, and suddenly the Holy Spirit, she started speaking in tongues. So go figure. God does it. Not us. But let's pray. Father God, I thank you that you haven't left us on our own to try and live our lives on our own strength, but you've given us your spirit. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you have come, that you lead us, you walk alongside us, the paracletos, the one who is just like Jesus, who leads, reveals, encourages, empowers, strengthens, pours out your gifts on us. And so this morning, God, as your church, we we say we're hungry for more of you. For everything that you have got, God, we want and we hunger for. Help us to put aside our thinking that is limited in, in the past. Or when we haven't understood or couldn't rationally work out the things of the Spirit that we've laid those things aside and said, well, maybe not. God, we want everything that you have for us. We ask that you would pour your Spirit out over us. You would overflow in our lives. You would draw us deeper into you as we respond to you, Holy Spirit. We step into the things that you've called us to. Maybe the things of the Spirit that we've never experienced before, God, we desire to work or to, to, or to operate or to move in those things because they're from you. And God, where we've experienced things of your Spirit before, but in such a limited way, God, we want more. 
Not for an experience so we can say, well, we've had that. But so that we are transformed by the power of your Spirit and are unrecognizable to those around us because not of anything we've done but the Holy Spirit that you are working in us and through us that God you would get the glory that your word would be preached that the lost would be saved the sick would be healed the dead would be raised again the blind would see those who are in bondage would be set free God we, that all of that the life of the, the what you have created as an expectant normal life of the believer that we have only touched the surface on God we want to live in that and so we submit ourselves and surrender ourselves to you and say, Holy Spirit, come and move. Come and fill. Come and overflow. Come and transform. Pour your gifts out. Lord, that we would step out in faith and obedience into the unknown because you have said, come. And so, Lord, we choose to come. Have your way, Lord, in each one of our lives and the lives of those who are part of this church family not here today. Have your way, Lord, across this town. Have your way. Spirit of God, move afresh. Move afresh beyond what we've experienced or seen or known before according to your word and the fullness of heaven not our experience move spirit of God we pray we choose to follow and we surrender to you in Jesus name Amen